Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Pittsburgh Steelers are winners again in the preseason, going undefeated this preseason. They beat the Falcons tonight 24 to nothing. And this Steelers preseason couldn't have gone any better. Kenny Pickett, two drives, two touchdowns tonight. Five drives, five touchdowns for Kenny Pickett in the first team offense throughout the preseason. They were back at it again. Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen with a live post-game reaction following the Steelers 24-0 victory in the preseason here on Thursday night in Atlanta. I'm going to be honest with all of you. I had the NFL Network's feed on, and it was the Atlanta Falcons local announcers there wasn't a lot that they were talking about. Reason being, Falcons offense didn't do anything, and they put up a goose egg in this one. They were showing like the concessions in the booth and wearing these like giant Atlanta Falcons hats in the booth because there just wasn't a lot of excitement from the Falcons offense. But I, let me start with Kenny Pickett. 13 of 15 this preseason, 199 passing yards, two touchdowns. And on that first drive, there were the two throws that stuck out the 33-yard pass along the sidelines to George Pickens, Pickett to Pickens, a combo you'll be hearing all season long. But then also 35-yard pass to George Pickens, the 33-yard pass on a third and five early in the drive to Deontay Johnson, I thought was an absolute dime coming on third down as well. Kenny Pickett finishes the preseason with a perfect passer rating. So a lot of defenses are playing very vanilla in the preseason. There'll be different schemes, different stunts, different blitz packages, disguised coverages and everything. But the Steelers offense in particular did everything that you could want for this preseason. So that first drive capped off by a touchdown, a one yarder by Najee Harris. Uh, he's getting into the mix. And then the second drive capped off on by an eight yard rush by Jalen Warren as well so Kenny Pickett in year two the rapport and working with offensive coordinator Matt Canada if they can keep this rolling week one against the 49ers September 10th at home Akersher Stadium certainly a lot of excitement there and you can't score more than five touchdowns on five drives so kudos to Pickett in the offense something I'm very excited to see to see does that success in the preseason translate over into the regular season. Uh, but Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, um, to see both of them make plays on that opening drive, certainly exciting if you're a Steelers fan and seeing how Kenny Pickett grows and develops in his second year uh, as the quarterback of this team and the undisputed leader. It's going to be really exciting and it's going to be a measuring stick game in week one against a 49ers team that was in the NFC championship game a year ago. Uh, that really stuck out to me tonight, but uh, Kenny Pickett really couldn't have been any better. And I was, I was kind of curious where it's like, okay, are they going to have a drive where they don't score? The fact that they scored a touchdown on all five drives, getting an early start, a fast start. Hopefully they can keep that momentum rolling when this team in 17 days plays the 49ers on September the 10th at home to hold any team to a shutout is, is impressive uh, TJ Watt getting into the mix early uh, was very happy to see him do his thing off the edge. He just continues to make it a tough time for opposing right tackles in this league.
I'd be remiss. Uh, today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show brought to you by betonline.ag. They'll take care of all of your gambling needs this NFL season. Head over to betonline.ag today. You can see that on your screen right now to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you have questions, comments, uh, please feel free to leave those in the comments. Wed Lee says, I feel sorry for Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense because TJ Watt and the defense look in season shape. We'll see. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. But if the Steelers play anything like they do uh, in the regular season, like they have in the preseason, very excited for the opener. It's going to be the first opener in Pittsburgh since 2014. Steelers tend to open seasons on the road. Um, so, yeah, Victory Asher says first time live. Uh, I've been doing these post game uh, shows right after the Steelers games during the preseason. I think it's something I'll continue during the regular season as well. Uh, just if people want to weigh in and um, we'll bring their commentary into this live chat as well. So thank you for weighing in there. Uh, the Steelers edge rusher group, uh, edge rushing group really stuck out to me. So I mentioned Watt sack earlier. Uh, Nick Herbig slipped underneath the right tackle when he got into the game. He had another sack tonight. He's been the best rookie, in my opinion, for the Steelers this preseason. I think that the Steelers are going to have to figure out a way to get him on the field. At the same time, I don't want to take TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith off the field. But if either of those guys says, hey, I need a breather, I'm very confident in Nick Herbig going into the game. I called him on my last podcast. He reminds me of Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four, his ability to bend off the edge. And the fact that he has moves and counter moves already as a fourth round rookie has just been very, very impressive. You got to know where 51's on the field. And when the NFL network is showing uh, or the NFL Twitter account and Brian Bollinger with the NFL network are breaking down Nick Herbig moves off the edge. Again, I know it's preseason, but in a one-on-one matchup against opposing tackles, he's made them look foolish time and time and time again this preseason. And to me, it's just it's it's a combination of moves he can continue to learn under TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. And then Marcus Golden, too, he had a club move where it's just like throwing tackles out of the club. These four. You know, it's funny going into the season before they signed Golden, it was like, man, I don't know about Ed Rusher and the Steelers. I now think it's a position of depth for the team. And there's going to be a limited number of snaps because you have four formidable edge rushers. And if one of them's not getting it done, go to whoever's on the bench because that player is going to get it done. And it's like two dogs, one bone. You've got two positions here and four competent players, in my opinion, when it comes to the edge rusher outside linebacker position. T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith are your starters, but Marcus Golden, a respected veteran, and then Nick Herbig is a rookie. Herbig has been the best rookie in the preseason, in my opinion. If you have any other thoughts about that, please feel free to win. Broderick Jones, and then uh, they moved Dan Moore over to right tackle when the second team offense went out there. So he continues to get reps. How about Joey Porter Jr. as well? Uh, He and Mark Robinson in the fourth quarter forcing a a fumble as the Falcons got into the red zone and Steelers get the ball back and they prevent the Falcons from scoring. Uh, That stuck out to me as well. In the first half, this was just a total domination. Now, I know that the 
First team offense only played two drives, but 24 to nothing at halftime. And that wound up being the final score. Neither team scored in the second half. So again, it was a little bit boring in the feed that I had from the NFL network. The Falcons announcers, bless them. They were just showing concessions of, hey, here's what you can get for 20 bucks at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta because there was nothing that the Falcons offense was doing that was worthwhile, that was exciting, that was moving the ball and putting up points on the scoreboard. It's how good the Steelers defense was tonight. And uh, I didn't want to see the starters play, but as far as I know, you went uh, throughout this game without any major injuries to key players that you're going to need to rely upon come week one against the 49ers. So that was something I wanted to see because remember a year ago, TJ Watt hurt his knee in the final preseason game uh, a year ago. And then even though it was the pectoral injury in the opener against the Bengals, he did have uh, his knee scoped. He had his knee uh, get some treatment when he was out for several games in the 2022 season uh, while he was also trying to rehabilitate that pectoral muscle. So it's like, I'm happy to see that you go relatively unscathed and it's like, bring on the 49ers week one. And look, before, when the season schedule came out, it was like, I still like the 49ers to win. It's going to be a tough game because 49ers have dogs at every single level of their team. But I liked what I've seen from the Steelers. You have to keep in mind it's the preseason the analogy we always make on this show is that it's a lot like a war reenactment. So what I'm curious to see is what will translate over from preseason to regular season. If there are things that you do think will translate over, I think some of the offensive success will let me know if there's things that, Hey, you think that are just a result of playing vanilla defenses. Please let me know that as well. Like I don't think Kenny Pickett and the offense are going to score on every single drive during the regular season, because again, Defensive coordinators are saving their best stuff for the regular season. They're going to play very vanilla defenses. They'll play their base defense and maybe a man underneath or maybe a basic cover two. And it's really just going to be man on man. Can you beat the guy across from you or not? And so there's not going to be exotic blitz packages or exotic stunts or shifting formations to confuse a quarterback. You're not going to see that as much during a preseason as you would compared to during the regular season, let alone regular season compared to postseason. Point being, uh, as good as this offense was in the regular season, I want to see if that translates over. I want to see if that translates over against a 49ers defense that has been very, very stout. I mean, you, you think about the fact that 49ers have had several defensive coaches go on and get other coaching opportunities. Robert Sala is now the head coach of the 49ers. Uh, so they've had other opportunities to become head coaches in this league with the 49ers defense and Fred Warner. But it's like every level of the 49ers team, if we're already looking ahead to the regular season, you've got Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuels, George Kittle uh, on the offensive line, Trent Williams. And then defensively, you think of guys like Fred Warner, that guys that are just explosive players, guys that fly to the football, and guys that you're going to need to be able to contain for making big plays when you do open up at Acrosure Stadium here on September the 10th. It's going to be really, really uh, interesting. Chilla21 says, all these rookies prove as advertised. JPJ, Pick, Herbig Sack, Benton Rush, Darnell Block, Anderson versus Tilly. Jones looked like he needs to develop more, but he'll get there. And Trice, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, someone told me this in the comments. They were like, this is going to be the best dealers draft since the 74 draft. That's like, wait a second here. You had four 
four Hall of Famers from that draft and then an undrafted free agent all from that 74 class. I don't think we'll ever see that again in NFL history. We might not see that from one class period, let alone an entire draft class for one team. I don't want to put too much of expectations and burdens on the rookie early, the rookies early on this season as they are still rookies, but it is really exciting to see what they've been able to do. Uh, Keanu Benton, when he's gotten there has impressed me at times too. Uh, Darnell Washington, you know, that's going to be the, one of the big questions that we have now too, is do you keep four tight ends on this roster? Connor Hayward can certainly do more than just be a tight end. He can serve as a fullback as well. But are you going to keep Frymuth, Gentry, Washington, and and Hayward? You know, wh- how, how does this roster shake out? What what ends up happening with Kendrick Green? What about the third running back position? Are you are you satisfied and settled at the nickelback position? So between now and then, the cuts need to be finalized down and whittled down to a fifty three man roster and the practice squad. Four o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday, August the 29th. So we are less than a week away from that to where we'll know who's in, who's out, who's on the 53-man roster. So tonight's the last opportunity to where if you're on the bubble, you can go out and make a case for yourself and put it on tape. Because even if it's not with the Steelers, it could be with one of the other organizations and out there. And keep in mind this too for the Steelers. Other teams might make cuts at positions of need of somewhere where you might need to get. So I know I've been really critical of Kendrick Green per se. You know, if Mason Cole goes out, if Isaac Sayamalu, uh, James Daniels, if they sustain an injury, are you comfortable with who the Steelers have as backups there? So if other teams make cuts and you can bring someone in that adds more depth, that's what Omar Khan has done time and time and time again this offseason, where it's like every time the Steelers have had a need, you know, I'm going to work my magic and go out and address what it is that we need to address to get depth, create competition, and to bring out the best in one another. Another thing I'm going to be looking at too, inside linebacker, who are going to be the starters, who are going to be the two guys there between Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb, and Quan Alexander. You know, who holds down the middle? And it's it's going to be really, really important because you've got to fortify your run defense. I don't want to go back to where we were two years ago, right? when you're dead last in the league and rushing yards allowed. And let's get back to leading the league in sacks again, too. I'm cool with that. You've got plenty of depth now at those positions, and it's something that really, really excites me. Um, Grayson Brown says, Mark, I do believe this has the potential to be a franchise-altering draft. Steelers needed dudes. They got dudes. Grayson, I'm with you. I'm with you. All I'm saying is to compare them to the 1974 class, don't do that. That's, that's that's all I'm saying because the 1974 class, Lynn Swan, Jack Lambert, John Stallworth, Mike Webster, like I don't think we'll ever see that ever again. That 74 class was something just very, very special. But I, I'm with you and I'm very excited to see what these guys could do during the regular season. Don't put too much of a burden on them early on. And look, with Broderick Jones, I know people are excited with him at the left tackle position and the rookie and fortifying the offensive line and protecting Kenny Pickett's blind side for the next decade plus. If Broderick Jones doesn't start early on in the season, I'm not going to be discouraged because I look at the matchups. Okay, week one, you got to go against Bosa, one of the best edge rushers in the league. Week two, Miles Garrett, the same can be said about him, whether you like it or not. And then the third week, Max Crosby's no, no slouch either. So... 
those three weeks, if it is Dan Moore Jr., and if Dan Moore Jr. ups his game as a result of having a rookie breathe down his neck, Brondrick Jones will start when he's ready. I don't know if that'll be week one, but that's the purpose of these preseason games to get him reps, get Joey Porter Jr. reps. Those young rookie players are in there a lot longer than the other starters because they're getting acclimated and adjusted to NFL speed, something that even if you go to a big-time program like a Georgia or Penn State, point-blank period, it's just not the same as the NFL. It's just not the same as the NFL. Um, Victory Asher says, label Connor Hayward as a fullback, Keith Muth, Darnell, Gentry as tight ends. I'm with you, Victory. I, I would keep all four of these players. Another position of depth, and if – one of these players says, you know, if you find that you don't need them and you're able to stay healthy, maybe you could use one as a trade chip further down the line. I personally think that the NFL totally underrates tight ends. And what this tight end group is going to allow you to do is whatever personnel the defense lines up, you'll be able to attack them either way. If they want to put DBs out there to try to guard the pass game, we can go smash mouth. Darnell Washington's like having an extra offensive tackle out there. If you want to try to defend them with linebackers, good luck trying to defend them in coverage. We know what Pat Fryermuth can do, contested one-on-one combat-style catches. Zach Gentry's got good size, too. And then Connor Hayward's just proven that he's a Swiss Army Knight. That guy's just a football player. So, and in, in I, I can't say that I'm surprised because his last name is Hayward. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm, if I'm the Steelers... I, I would keep all four on the active roster as well, just because of the matchup nightmares that you can create for opposing defenses. And that's just the tight end room. And that's not even to account the receivers that you have where it's like, look, and I don't want to name drop everyone in the Steelers, but Deontay Johnson's a great route runner. We are very excited about George Pickens in year two. Allen Robinson's a big body receiver trying to reestablish himself, prove that he's worth another big contract before his time's up in the league. He's 29 years old. It's not like he's 35. And then Calvin Austin, the third, we saw what he can do with the ball in his hand in open space. The speed, the speed he has as a return man is, uh, is really, really exciting too. Um, I just wanted to work to see if they've improved on things. They've been working out. It looks like the hard work is playing off. Hopefully this translates to wins in the regular season. Yeah. If I'm the Steelers, right. You kind of look at it in quarters, but if you can start the season out two and one or three and zero, oh, 49ers, Browns, Raiders, where are you at after three weeks? Two and one or three and zero, oh, I think that is a success. And again, this is a 49ers team, even if you fall during week one, that was in the NFC Championship game a year ago. And if Brock Purdy comes back from what was a season ending injury a year ago, that UCL, Sam Darnold's going to be the backup. It's amazing. Trey Lance is going to be the third stringer. If the 49ers end up trying to make a deal to improve their roster because they got a, a quarterback who was what the third overall pick and then got hurt and just shows you what happens with the opportunities that you have, how, how finite that time can be, even if you're a top, top draft pick. And now he's the third stringer for the 49ers. Uh, Connor looked pretty decent at running back. I love the versatility. That That's the thing, too. I mean, he proved he could do that at Michigan State, lining up all over the field. He looks comfortable is, is the word I would use. And how cool is it to have the brothers on the team? I know Mike Tomlin was mic'd up uh, the other week, and it was like, does anyone else have any brothers? Because we know what Nick Kerbig's been doing. Does anyone else have brothers? Uh, not a bad idea by the Steelers to draft brothers consistently uh into acquire brothers and get them on the team and uh her big family the 
The Watt family has done that in previous seasons. The Edmonds family has done that in previous seasons. So uh, that's exciting. Yeah, best since 1974 is a real possibility. Better know, but but the best sense may be very well be the case. Yeah, look, if you're anywhere even close to being as good as the 74 class, you're in good company. I just don't want to put too high of expectations too fast, too soon, especially before you've proven anything come the regular season. Again, I'm just mentioning the fact that some people have been like, it reminds them of the 74 class and how exciting that that is. Uh, like I said, though, four Hall of Famers. And then if you count an undrafted rookie as well, five in one class, if you count an undrafted rookie as well. I don't know if we'll ever see that again from like a single draft class in the entire league, let alone one franchise. And that's a testament to what the Steelers built in the 1970s. We've got 63 people watching live after a preseason win. Steelers, again, 3-0, go undefeated. I, I really think this preseason couldn't have gone any better if you're a Steelers fan. And again, I don't know how this is going to translate come the regular season. But Kenny Pickett, five drives, five touchdowns. You, you can't ask for anything better. And it's like you can't score eight touchdowns in five drives. You couldn't even do that in Madden. And so Kenny Pickett, the fact that he only had two incompletions all preseason, had a perfect passer rating, 13 to 15 overall, 199 yards. Steelers able to run the ball, able to move the ball in a multitude of ways. You've got the weapons now. You know, we've said with Matt Canada, I don't know if he's had the personnel up front, the push up front to get the running game going, to establish this offense, to give Kenny Pickett time to throw. You've got the weapons now. You've got everything on paper, and the sum has to equal its parts, and it starts week one. It starts week one, and you've got to pick up where you left off last season when you finished the back half of the year seven and two. Everyone's excited about the Detroit Lions and the NFC saying this is the team you didn't want to play in the back half of last season. In the AFC, Pittsburgh's that team. Pittsburgh is that team and so you've got to take that as your basis week one. If you want to make a statement to the rest of the league, you think people are sleeping on the Steelers, go out in week one at home against the 49ers and make a statement. That's how you're going to be able to do that. And look, you can ride that momentum. Browns, division game, that's going to be big. Raiders, you should take care of business in week three. You start off the first three weeks of this season, two and one or three and zero. Oh, and you're going to be sitting pretty. And, and it's like, let's get back to the postseason. Kenny Pickett in year two. I said this weeks ago on the show. It's a competitive division. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson have all played quarterback at the highest level in this league. But come the end of the regular season, I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be the fourth work, the fourth quarterback when it comes to the ratings. Like, you know, you, you come into this season and it says, look. I know Deshaun Watson didn't look good on the back half of last year, but Joe Burrow's taken his team to a Super Bowl, multiple playoff appearances, Lamar Jackson, a league MVP. But do you really think Kenny Pickett's going to be the, the fourth best quarterback in the division come season's end? I'm not there. I don't know who he passes up. Lamar's got, Lamar's got weapons now. Again, I'm not going to bet against Joe Burrow. I think he's the best quarterback other than Mahomes in the league. But Watson, that's on the table right now. That's on the table right now. Like, do you really think Pickett's going to be the worst quarterback in the AFC North? And it's like, it's amazing to me preseason. Like, it's going to be a gauntlet of a division. 
you might have the worst team in this division still have a winning record. Like it's crazy to say that out loud, but that's very well a possibility. I still think Cincinnati is just ahead of the Steelers, but I, I this is like, look, Ike and I, this is our fifth season doing the show together. This is the most optimistic I've been about a Steelers team. We started the show in 2019. Ben goes down two weeks into the season with an elbow injury. Tail end of Roethlisberger's career. It was nice getting him back to get at least get back into the postseason. But you knew even when he was there that you had a limit as to far how far you could go. Could this team not just get into the playoffs? I think a success for this team this season would be you get into the playoffs and you win a playoff game. And could this be, could you be a, could you arrive a year early? And I'm not going to quite say, oh, the Steelers and Super Bowl. Again, 3-0, and it's preseason. It's preseason. Again, it's like a war reenactment. But if you won a playoff game for the first time in years, I believe it's been since that 2016 season, the Steelers have even won a playoff game. That to me would be a success. Let me know what you think in the comments. What would be a successful Steelers season in 2023? 2023, 2024. I think this is the year the Steelers arrive a year early. And then next year, it's like, we're coming for everybody. And we're coming for number seven, the seventh Lombardi. That That's where I'm at right now. Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit too much. Look, there's going to be ups and downs at some point during the regular season too. But where this team's at compared to where you were at a year ago when Trubisky's your bridge quarterback, he struggles early on. You got to bring Kenny Pickett in week four. He hasn't had the time, the offseason, training camp to be the number one guy and develop a rapport with the receivers that he's ultimately going to end up throwing to. And now he seems to have that. I see that on the third and five play tonight to Deontay Johnson, where they pick pick up 30 plus yards and get a first down, keep the drive going. They go down and score. That's a play where a year ago, I don't know if he has the rapport. And again, I know it's a preseason game. Rolling with Roro says 11 and six. That's my prediction as well. When the records came out, I had the Steelers at 11 and six. Uh, Grayson Brown says Steelers look locked in. Yeah. I mean, anytime you shut out a team in, in the 21st century in 2023 with how all of the uh, rules favor offenses. Again, I had this game on NFL network tonight. So they, I had to watch the Atlanta Falcons local broadcast. They, they were showing the booth. They were showing the concessions in the booth because there was nothing else to talk about on the field because the Steelers defense dominated tonight. I can't say that I blame him. You had to try to do something to make the broadcast entertaining. I'll say this too. I want to go to Atlanta and check out that stadium now. Get a lot of good concessions for 20 bucks. 20 bucks goes a lot further in Atlanta than it does in other stadiums in this league. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, Let's see. Terry Breedlove says, bro is the man. I take the Steelers team offense and defense and special teams against the Bengals all day. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be a heck of a fight. And like, look, when the Steelers opened up last uh, season and they snuck out a win uh, in the opener, thanks to Minka Fitzpatrick's wizardry. I mean, hey, that's why you play them. Uh, Autumn says, I think winning a playoff uh, game is a significant win for everyone right next season for the Super Bowl would be wonderful. I have a feeling 11 and five or 10. I think you mean 11 and six or 10 and seven. Uh, Autumn, thank you for weighing in. The 17 game regular season schedule always goofs me up. 
Uh, 11 and six is the floor for the 2023 Steelers. I don't know about the floor. 11 and six is what I'm predicting. And again, I don't want people to get too carried away as for as excited as we are, particularly about the offense. It is still the preseason. Um, Yancey says, yeah, Mark, they were talking about nachos and mustaches, shaking my head. I'm glad I'm not the only one who is suffering through that NFL Network broadcast. Uh, at one point, I went to the Steelers radio guys in Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley because it was just like, <laughs> I kind of feel bad because it's like you're talking about a football game and you can't even put up a field goal, let alone a touchdown. Uh, it was absolutely rough. It was absolutely rough. I think Anthony McFarland will be the third running back. I think he'll make the 53-man roster again. That's going to be a question mark because Benny Snell is no longer on this team. Um, One other thing I want to mention, too, before I sign off here. I think Presley Harvin's been very good. I know they brought Braden Mann in uh, to give him competition, but I think it's six punts he's had inside the 20-yard line. The coffin corner punts have been considerably better like considerably better if that can translate into the regular season that's also exciting but special teams it's an important facet of the game and from the return man position i wanted to go to calvin austin the third i've made no bones about that uh get him the ball in space and see what he can do in what essentially is is his rookie year i know he was technically part of that 2022 class but by and large this is his rookie year because we didn't get to see him play at all last year as a result of injury so that's kind of where I'm at, but Presley Harvin, the third from the punting standpoint has been better. Uh, is Kendrick green going to get cut? Uh, autumn. Good question. We'll find out four o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday. If it were up to me, I know he's on a rookie deal. I would probably see what else you can get from another interior lineman. I, I wish Kendrick green the best. He could very well end up making the team. He might be on the practice squad. We'll see. Again, he does have a rookie contract, so that is a little bit different versus if you were an established veteran and he's making you know a certain amount of money. But uh, we'll see in Tuesday, again, 4 o'clock Tuesday is when we'll find out what the 53-man roster is. Um, yeah, people asking about Kendrick Green looking a little bit better today. Can he put it together? You know, I, I, People got excited in training camp when he lined up at fullback. And it, to me, it kind of felt a little gimmicky, even if he did have some success, the physicality. I commend him for humbling himself to say, hey, what can I do to help the team? He seems to be very liked by the Steelers teammates and in the locker room. But how I evaluate it, it's very simple. If you have an injury at the center or the guard position, if it's Kendrick Green or someone else, can they come in and do a good enough job to protect the quarterback? You got to protect the A and B gaps if you're an offensive lineman, and you got to be able to hold up strong against opposing defensive tackles, nose tackles. And I don't think he's demonstrated the ability to do that consistently when you've had snap problems time and time and time again. Like some people might have said, well, Mason should have caught the snap last week that that he fumbled. Mason also saved him on several other snaps. Mason Rudolph, that is. So just the consistency, a center, a quarterback exchange, it's fundamental. I mean, this is coming from what Mike Tomlin says about it too. So we'll see what happens between now and Tuesday with him. Um, fullback, though, I, I don't see him playing fullback. You're, you're a guard in this league of 300-plus pounds. Just be able to move around it. To me, that felt like a gimmick. It felt like a feel-good story. But whether it was something actually legitimately that the Steelers would do from an offensive standpoint, that's that's not why he was drafted out of Illinois. 
So that's just my two cents worth there. We'll see what happens between now and Tuesday. I, uh, I, I, if it were up to me, I would say no, but that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Uh, Mark, what is your game to watch this season? Mine is the 49ers for many reasons. Defense is second year quarterbacks is quarterbacks and similar offenses. Yeah. That, and then week five against the Ravens right before the bye week how do you stack up against your division rival? How do you stack up against a Ravens team that is reloaded? Lamar should be healthy. Zay Flowers, OBJ, Nelson Aguilar come in to help Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Andrews. So how do you hold up against a revamped Ravens offense? And now that Lamar has his contract, how, are you, how do you stack up through five weeks of the season? Those are the two early on 49ers in week one, and then the Ravens in week five uh, in early October. Those are kind of the two early on that I'm looking at for the Steelers of measuring stick games to see how do you stack up against the rest of the division? How do you stack up against the rest of the conference, the rest of the league? The AFC is going to be a gauntlet this year. The quarterback talent alone is why you have to bring in Kenny Pickett last off season. The AFC quarterbacks are elite level and there's a huge drop off between the AFC quarterbacks and the NFC quarterbacks. We'll see that this year when the Steelers play some of their NFC teams this year. But uh, yeah, other people are saying in the comments, the Bengals too, obviously. The Ravens and Bengals are going to be kind of your measuring stick in AFC North. And it's like, man, I, I don't know if there's a bad team in the AFC North this year, right? It's it's going to be really, really tough. It's going to be a very, very tough division. The AFC North and the AFC East, in my opinion, are the two toughest in football this year because I can make a case for every single team in those divisions. And it's like, look, I know there's a lot of hope. You could say that about almost any of the 32 franchises, but each of those teams in the AFC North have, like I I evaluate it like this. Do you have players that would 100% start for every other team? And, And all of those teams do. All of those teams do in the AFC North. And so we'll see. We'll see. Um, Mark Lancaster says, notice quarterbacks haven't really thrown Joey Porter Jr.'s way. He really sticks to his assignments and locks receivers down. Yeah, I found this incredible. Joey Porter Jr. only had one interception in college, and I guess he gave that ball to his mom, and then he gave last week's to his dad in his Steelers debut preseason. It's an interception in his very first preseason game. He seems very, very fundamental, uh, fundamentally sound. It's it's interesting because I think some corners are, you know, higher risk, higher reward type cornerbacks where he seems very, very uh, locked in and just locks up the other receiver and just is almost is like a shadow from a, cor- a cornerback standpoint. And when I talk to my co-host, Ike Taylor, next, I will ask him about that in terms of styles of playing cornerback to where it's times maybe you – you you hold off a little bit to try to entice a quarterback to throw your way to get a pick. Uh, I'll ask him about that. But when he's been out there, I've been very impressed. And I've said this before too, had the Steelers drafted him at 17 and not traded up to 14 to draft Broderick Jones, I would have been ecstatic and you get both and you get both. What's been a really exciting off season. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maria saying, and they talked about nachos. Uh, I think that's probably where I'll wrap up tonight's discussion. Yeah. The NFL networks broadcast tonight was hilarious. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was subjected to that. Uh, Maria, thank you for that. You just made my night, but look, 
when you don't have a lot to talk about and uh 24 to nothing win for the Steelers tonight it's like <laughs> what what do you expect what do you expect them to talk about when there's really not a whole lot but uh Nick Herbig again Najee Harris getting into the end zone Jalen Warren getting in the end zone two players that I expect to be very very good for the Steelers this season and look I know I still expect Najee to be the starter, but Jalen Warren's been very, very good. He's been very, very good with the opportunities. So if there's healthy competition there, I still think Najee's your bell cow, but Jalen Warren has made the most of his opportunities, an undrafted rookie a year ago, and then he's going to be a big part of this team. And can you avoid injuries early on? That's where luck plays into it too. Luck plays into it too. Um, yeah, Jamie says, uh, golf conversation for 15 minutes in the third quarter. Oh man. Can you blame them though? Really? Could you blame them? I don't know if you saw those giant, they had these giant Falcons hats that they were wearing in the booth and, uh, look, it was just one of those games. The second half was, uh, (laughs) neither team scored in the second half. So if, you know, if you only caught the first half of this game and if you're watching this live, reaction show after the fact and it's just like if you went to bed after the first half you didn't miss much in the second half because it was 24 to nothing at halftime and the game finished 24 to nothing uh i think i've gone long enough here tonight if any of you have questions for me after the fact that i didn't get to please feel free to weigh in uh in the comments i'll do my best to answer those thank you to all of you for weighing in for tuning in tonight here on the Believe in Steelers post-game show, Steelers finished the preseason undefeated 3-0. And Ike and I are going to be back on Monday. We've got a very exciting guest. He has been on the Believe in Steelers show before. We talked to him before the start of every year, so stay tuned for that. We are psyched for that. That'll be on Monday. And uh, we just got it 17 days between now and September 10th. Steelers 49ers at home. Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh, PA. My name is Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. Have a great rest of your night and a great weekend. Till then, see you next time. Take care. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.